So yes, today is what we call Palm Sunday, and this week is a week that we call Holy Week, and this is the week, this is interesting, I'm going to share a couple of things uh, real quick right off the bat. Um, it's the week prior to Jesus' death and resurrection, then ascension. Uh, we call it Holy Week. Uh, it starts with, uh, it's starting today is what we call Palm Sunday. It's the day that Jesus rode into, into Jerusalem on a, on a donkey, on a colt, and and they laid down palm branches to, and hailed him as king. And it's, a, it's fantastic. So we're not going to talk about that at all today, which is really great. Because what I'm going to encourage you to do is read it. Read the scriptures. It's really awesome. There's some, in fact, I would like to note, have you note this in your mind. There's more spoken in the gospels of Jesus last week than his entire life. So maybe this week that we call Holy Week is kind of important, has some, some merit to the things he said, what he taught, the parables he taught, the lessons, the, the, his actions, uh, which is pretty fantastic. Did you guys ever, have you ever heard of something called Maundy Thursday? Who's heard of that? Yeah, most of us have. Most of us haven't. Or I should say, some of us have. Most of us haven't, right? And what does that mean? You know what Maundy Thursday means? It's really cool. It actually means something. It's it, Monday is a word that we get for it, that it comes from a, the derivative is mandatory. And what Jesus is doing is he's, he he gets down and he washes his disciples' feet and he demands and he said, "This is mandatory now for you to do for one another. You to do for one another." He, it's the last supper of of his his. It's his last counseling session, his teaching lessons for his disciples. We call it Monday Thursday. Cool, huh? Yeah, you just learned that, right? Yeah, yeah. No charge for that one. Well, maybe pass the baskets around one more time. Yeah. That, that, was, that was worth a penny or two. I don't know. But these are great. So um, here, I, I, I posted or I listed uh, the scriptures. So these are the passages that actually are from the, the last week of Jesus' life. So if you want to jot those down, I'd like to encourage you to read these passages this week. Holy week. There's really great stuff. Some of the best teachings in Scripture are right here in this, these four passages, the four Gospels that they give Jesus' last depictions, his last uh, um, doings and teachings of his last... Maybe I shouldn't say it that way. In fact, I feel like I need to correct that, that language. Um, it's not his, his last because guess what? He's still alive. And that's what we're talking about today, because today is going to be awesome. I am so excited. I really just really preaching because of what this message is. And the title of it is just simply this. But now that he lives, but now that he lives such a, you know, you never start a sentence with but, but now that he lives makes sense. And it makes sense no matter what, no matter what you say. But now that he lives, I can face tomorrow. But now that he lives, all is okay. And, but now that he lives, I can get through this. Because why? He's alive. And he's got me. And he's got my family. And he's got my church. He's got the whole world in his hands. Wow, that sounds like a song, huh? Amen. Amen. So Romans chapter 6, like I said, I really feel like preaching. So if you got to turn your hearing aids down a little bit, that's okay. Because uh, you might need to a couple times. 
Sorry, guys, you sat in front. You're gonna, I'll back up just a little bit. That's all right. Romans chapter 6, verse 10. This is a, the passage, the verse that I sent out this week. It says this in, in the New Living Translation. It says, when he died, when he died, this is Paul writing, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Hallelujah. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So when we sing, when we worship about God's glory, it's because he lives that we can actually look to that. And we can actually, that, that, has, that has definition. And, it, and it, it has something we could grab onto. We sing about the glory of God. We, we pray for the glory of God. A manifestation of his glory to come into our presence because he lives. Now that he lives. And I'd say let's be really careful not to move to and through Easter so quickly. I know Easter has snuck up on us this year, hasn't it? Has it not? Can, can we all admit that it's like, whoa, wait, what? It's here? I mean, we just, we, it's, I mean, it's still even kind of cloudy and gloomy out there. And yet Easter's next week. And like, I thought it meant spring and all this good stuff. But, but so let's be careful not to just move to and through Easter too quickly Christ's resurrection is not the end of the story because it's at the end of the four Gospels. But his rising from the dead means he is alive, he is alive, and he is alive. And it means that in its, in, he is alive to apply all the precious promises and realities throughout all of Scripture. Now they're coming into fruition. Because Jesus is alive. And maybe the obvious needs to be said. I think this is an obvious statement that I, you might be saying, yeah, well, duh. I hope you do. But if you don't, then maybe you need to check yourself about how much you think of yourself. Jesus has been alive longer than you. <laughs> no, really. It's a reality. It's a truth. But he has been alive longer than you have been alive. Hello? Okay, what I mean by that is this. A truth revealed to you, to me, didn't become true when I realized it. Hello? It's been true before I knew it. It was true. The truth that Jesus was alive before I came into existence is a truth that I just now came to realize. I mean, I didn't realize it until I was like 17. I mean, I heard about Jesus and this Jesus and, you know, people talked about Jesus and... I didn't know anything about Jesus other than he was a guy named Jesus. I didn't even know that he was claimed to be God. I didn't know anything about the Bible at all, at all. And that, that truth that was revealed to me didn't become true like when I realized it, it was always true. And God in his grace and his kindness and his mercy and his love let me see it, uncovered it. Hello? Hello? And that's really cool because what that tells me, and it ought to tell you, is there's many, many more precious realities and promises and truths that are out there for us to discover and uncover about ourselves, about the universe, about God, about creation, about salvation, redemption, uh, sanctification, justification, all these like wonderful Christianese words and stuff that we talk about that means something so 
amazing, and I feel like I'm just discovering them. Hello? Anybody else in the same boat as me? Okay, the three of us will we'll kayak through this thing together, all right? The rest already know everything. They're good to go, so, so we'll enjoy today. That's all right. Um, so let's uncover some truths that are still true due to the resurrection of Jesus. But now that he lives, Jesus rose to life to rise to heaven. Did you know that? Did you read that? Have you read that part of the story yet? Okay, at the end of the book of Luke and at the beginning of the book of Acts, it really depicts this wonderful thing that happened is Jesus ascended to heaven. In fact, it was exactly 40 days after he rose out of the grave. He was dead. Jesus was actually dead. Oh, let let, let me forewarn you for a second. Um, Today is a message is for you, okay? No, I, I want you to hear that. This is for you here today. Next week, I promise this. I, I said it. I know. Oops. <laughs> I was like, oops, I just said that. I'm going to do my best to bring a message that's short and sweet and simple to those that have never heard the gospel. So what does that mean for you Today. Today. Yeah, thanks, Mom. To bring somebody that has never heard the gospel. Ask God to show you somebody this week. Hey, come on to church, man. It's going to be good. It's Easter Sunday. So what if you've never been? I promise, you can promise him this, that these walls will not come down. There have been worse people that have stepped into this room and the ceiling has stayed up. I mean, except about like a... 12 years ago when we had this rainstorm at Blake and Chris's wedding, I thought the ceiling was coming down, literally. Yeah, well, yeah, that was just last week, huh? Or a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I guess I can't promise that something might not fall on you, but bring somebody. I, I, I guarantee, so, so when I'm, what I'm saying in that is what you're hearing today, this is meat. You can get some meat today. Hello? You ready to chew on some meat? I'm going to want a tri-tip. Rack of ribs. Come on. Come on. Get the barbecue. I can smell it. Mm. Sorry for vegans in the room. <clears throat> what I meant is I'm sorry you're a vegan. That's what I was trying to say. I, I, so I, I did have a... I actually went to a doctor's appointment for the first time in a long time. And yeah, he's a vegan. Yeah. He's a really, really healthy guy and trying to encourage me to become a plant-based eater. Like, I don't even know what that means. You have to explain that a little better. Plant-based. What? Like, I, as I, as, anyway, so... It, no, I was respectful. I, I, I didn't, I didn't. I said, I'll do my best at thinking about that. I did say that. That was about, like, I, I wasn't going to, anyway. Um, this is me, 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 me. Uh, Jesus rose to life to rise to heaven. The day of ascension is 40 days after his resurrection. 
and Jesus is still alive. Hallelujah. This we know and believe. We believe it. We believe it. Do you believe that Jesus is still alive? Yes. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, have you ever, uh, I know you have because you're, you're alive, but um, have you ever seen a rendition of Jesus' ascension? And we see this rendition, if you will, a drawing, a, an artist's rendition, or even in your mind, because you've read it in Scripture, of, of Jesus' ascension. And, and you always see, you know, he's always like, almost always like this, and looking, maybe he's looking down at his disciples who are looking up at him, and it's usually bright and shiny, or, or I, I saw one, and he was up, looking up, and kind of like he was like walking up, and that, that was a cool one to me when I saw that one, I was like, man, that was, that's probably, I think, more happened than, than this, but um, we've never seen a rendition of a dead body just rising up, have we? Have we? I mean, that'd be this like limp body, like, you know, you know like some alien abduction, like taking him up. Why do we not have that picture in our mind? Because it's not true. It didn't happen. And there's no way that could have happened. It just didn't happen because Jesus was alive. He rose from the dead to rise to heaven. And guess where he's at right now? He's still alive. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's still alive. And now, but now that he lives, but now that he lives, when we really believe it, there's something that takes place because what is the blessing that we are going to get or getting and going to continue to get for eternity because he's alive? I, I mean, just, no, I really want, want us to just try and like think about this for a second if you can. I mean, okay, Jesus died on the cross and our sins were paid for. He was a holy, he, he never sinned, sinless, sinless offering to God for all the sins of humankind. But he, and that worked. Okay, let's just, I don't know if we, we can't, we can't picture this because this is like just idiotic. So I'm just being an idiot for a second, okay? You're, you're, yeah, your preacher's being an idiot for a second. Jesus died up on the cross and they pulled him down and they buried him in the tomb and he stayed there. Never came out. Well, my sins are forgiven, but we got a dead Jesus still. What would that look like? What would that look like for us? Absolutely. No hope. Yeah, it got real quiet because I'm thinking, I, that would kind of suck. <laughs> I mean, I'd have a hard time worshiping being a dead Jesus. I, I, I don't think I could. I don't think we should. Right? Because he's not. We know he's alive. We believe he's alive. We've seen it. The, the evidence, not just from the Bible, but from historians say that he actually was witness. There was witnesses that saw him alive after they'd seen him dead. He rose from the grave and he still is alive. He still is alive. And, but now that he lives... Oh, that's awesome. What did he rise for? For one to reign. So he rose to heaven to reign, to reign and rule, to be coronated as king of kings and lord of lords. He is, is still at present sovereign over all the nations, 
all peoples, the entire universe, seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will be, and this could be very soon, that same living Jesus that rose and ascended is the same one that will come down and bring us to himself. He is alive. He is alive. But now that he lives, amen? And in that returning, that next dissension, if you will, he will, now he will judge the nations, all peoples, throughout all eternity. And you know why? Because he has all authority. That's what he spoke. All authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority is his. What comes with authority? I know it's, a, it's, a, it's not a trick question, but it's one that I, I, I have the answer to. And let's, power, right? With authority comes power. All authority has been given to Jesus. So all power belongs to him over all that is seen and unseen. Because he lives, all power belongs to him. In Revelation, let's turn there because this is an awesome picture. This is the, the, uh, where John has, uh, he's taken up and he's taken to the, uh, you know, he has his vision. But this is one of the first things he sees and it's really amazing. I love it. Revelation chapter 1, 17 and 18 says, When I saw him, this is John referring to Jesus, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. I don't know if I could, you can't, you know, for some reason we picture like, oh, kneeling down like this. But what, I don't know about a falling like you're dead. I, I mean, yeah, you're talking about like flat on the ground, like, oh, I am undone. There's no way I can handle this. I fell at his feet as if I were dead. That's amazing. But he laid his right hand on me. <laughs> Just think of this. I, I want us to really envision this. Maybe as it was you, and I know this is John, and he's able to share this experience with us and put it into words that we can see it with him. He laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. And I am the living one. I died, but look. Like this, they're saying, look up. Hey, put your head up. Look at me. I am alive. <laughs> I am alive. That's glorious, isn't it? I mean, just envision that. But look, I was dead. I was dead. You're right, I was dead. John, you were witness there. I even looked at you the moment that I was dying and said, take care of my mother. John, you were there. You saw me breathe my last breath, John. I mean, this is, this is John he's talking about. One of his beloved disciples, the beloved disciple that's witnessing this. And Jesus was his best friend. And he fell at his feet in fear because he saw his glory. His glory that he said it couldn't be, couldn't be described other than just so bright that it was like, boom, I'm dead. I don't know if you ever, well, you ever walked into a room and seen somebody famous? Like really, really famous. Yeah? Does it do anything for you? 
Nobody? Yeah. I mean, come on. Be honest. And you're like, ooh, chills a little bit. Like, oh yeah. They're famous. I don't know. This is beyond that. This is beyond that. Beyond even beyond that. Because this is something that takes place, has taken place in John's very, very soul and his spirit and his mind and his eyes and his heart. Don't be afraid. I am alive. But look, I am alive forever and ever. And then he says this, and I hold the keys to death and Hades. That's power. Hello? That's power. I hold the keys. I hold the keys to death and I hold the keys to hell. In other words, I hold the keys to all that is evil. I hold the keys to anything that can cause corruption. I hold the keys. Nothing happens that doesn't go by me and through me first. Did you ever know that? Well, that? That's pretty startling to realize that Jesus holds the keys. Even to that which is evil in our world. That's startling, isn't it? little like, whoa, wait, what? He's got power. Because he's got authority. And that power comes from the very truth. And it's not true just because we believe it. It's true because it's true. We believe it because it's true. It's not true because we believe it. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? We believe it because it's true. And we speak the name of Jesus because he is alive. And that name has power because he is alive. It's not a little magic wand. You know, it's not a little like Dumbledore thingy, you know, where you're like, this is the power of the almighty God is in his name because he's alive. We speak the name of Jesus because he is alive and he has the power over death. And in his name, there is power over darkness because he is alive. In his name, there's power over fear because he is alive. Hello? In his name, there's power over sickness because he is alive. In his name, there's power over, and this one, the Lord's, the Holy Spirit gave me this because I didn't think of it on my own. But now that he lives in his name, there's power over depression. Man, that's good. That's good. Because Linda said the word, it's key. Because there's hope. We always have hope. We have hope in his name because he is alive. So Romans chapter 6, I'm going to, like, we're, we're getting into this and I don't know how far along I am in my, but the, oh man, I got, oh, that got some really good in a minute. No, seriously, this is really, really good. Romans chapter 6, this is a, a, only four verses, five verses, but uh, starting in verse 10, this is where we started off. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. 
do not let any part of your body become an instrument for evil of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under its requirements or the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. But now that he lives, we have power over sin. He's given us that. Remember, all power and authority has been given to him, and he holds the keys. And he said, now you, you have me and you, that same authority and power over that sin that was controlling you before you knew me, it doesn't control you anymore. It's not your master any longer because I am alive. And that is great news. See, but now that he lives, we have access to his finished work on the cross, which forgave all of our sins and set us free from its hold on us. Come on, I'm gonna read that again. If I don't get at least one or 12 amens, I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> You're like, really? You're, everybody, shh, don't tell. Don't, don't. <laughs> but now that he lives, we have access to the finished work on the cross, which forgave all of my sins and set me free from the hold that it has on me. Amen. Amen. I was, uh, I was reading Zechariah this week, and I don't know if, any, I'm sure some of you have, or, or maybe most, maybe everybody in the room has read the book of Zechariah. It's like 14 chapters long, but it's really a, a glorious book, and I'm coming to realize more and more that every portion of Scripture points to Jesus. <laughs> From beginning to end, points to Jesus. So I was reading Zechariah, and there's this really interesting thing, because Zechariah was a prophet. Um, it's, it's actually just the last one before Malachi, and Malachi is the last uh, book of the Old Testament. So it's the second to the last book of the Old Testament. And, and uh, God kept continuously get, kept giving Zechariah these visions. It's like he was a prophet that had visions, which is really cool. Because he shares them and he, he, he uh, shares them with God's people. And I believe that there, a lot of them were for us today and for, for the coming Messiah and, and depicting what that would look like and, the, and all that was going on with um, the Israelites at that time and the, the rebuilding of the, of the temple through Zerubbabel. Um, it was really cool stuff that God was doing there in uh, but in chapter 3, something takes place here. It said he had a vision. Zechariah has this vision. And he shows him Joshua, the high priest at the time. And this is this vision. I, I want us to picture this. And I, I'm just going I'm, I'm to uh, just share it. I'm not going to even read it uh, from, from the passage because I feel like I could, we could picture it in our mind better. Maybe not. I'm not saying I could say it better than the Bible. That's what I meant to say. So please don't hear it that way. Um, 
God shows Zechariah the picture of, of Joshua, the high priest, and he sees Joshua, the high priest, standing. And as he's standing before God, God also has somebody in his presence. And he sees Satan in his presence. And Satan's accusing Joshua constantly. He's accusing Joshua. You know what he's accusing him of? Being filthy, being dirty, having dirty clothes on, not dressed properly, unrighteous, not right with you, God. And this cool thing takes place because God, God actually, like, I think he's hearing these accusations. I mean, it's obvious that he's hearing them because he does something about it. He does something about it that's just amazing and so full of love and mercy and grace. It's, I, I pictured this and I pictured it happening and God tells one of his angels, said, go to Joshua right now. Take off his dirty clothes. So he wasn't denying it. He, didn't, he said, take off his dirty clothes and put clean clothes on him. Put, holy righteous, put a holy righteous robe around him so that he could stand before me in my presence. It's this, this amazing like, act of God's grace and mercy and God's heart that he's showing us in the Old Testament before Jesus comes on the scene. That God's love is good and, and we are filthy. We are filthy in our own doings, in our own merits, in our own efforts. We're dirty. We can't clean ourselves up. We don't stand a chance. Not only do we mess it up, but we got a devil that hates us and wants to drag us around and send then, and then he drags us around and then he, then he says to God, see, I told you they were dirty. I told you, look at them. And God says, no, no. Not in front of me. Because their righteousness is something that I put on them. And I put it on them. And he puts this righteous robe around him so he can stand before God in his presence. And, Zechari and, 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 then, and Zechariah shares this because Joshua, get, he's saying that Joshua gets encouraged. And he goes to the people and says, we must follow God and all of his decrees. Let's do what God says because he is good. Let's be encouraged to, to not rest on our own morals and our own laurels and our own righteous deeds because they're dirty, but God is good, so let's do what God says. And that's so encouraging because he's, you know, God takes that which, because it's true. And maybe that's a reality and a truth that I look at even as, as I look at like, Yeah. I'm not good. Has you ever been? Anybody ever accused you of being a good person? I'm sorry to say it. Kind of happens to me all the time. But I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm not clean. I'm dirty. I'm dirty. I need Jesus. I need his righteousness because I can't do it. I would stand before God and the devil would agree, and God would agree with the devil if it was all on me. Amen? We need Jesus. And because he is alive, because he is alive, now that he lives, I have righteousness around me. His righteousness, his calling, his purpose, his meaning, his definition. His identity, my identity is wrapped up completely in him. Not in good that I do or bad that I don't do. Because I mess them both up. Some, I get them mixed up all the time. Hello? I do good and I really wish I, and instead it's like it ends up being bad. All I got to do is open my mouth and it just happens. Hello? Yeah. Finally, somebody agreed with me. Yeah. I know the rest of you are like, nope, I'm not open my mouth. Nope. But here's what this, and then there's this glorious thing that takes place, and I'm going to, I am going to, oh, I have a whole nother half a page, so. <laughs> because, And maybe there's a verse in there that somebody might be able to quote from Zechariah. It's usually in chapter, it's in chapter 4. It's when now God shows Zechariah another vision, and it's for Zerubbabel. And what's the, he tell him? Like to rebuild the temple. But what's he say he's got to do it? How's he got to do it? Come on, this is, this is where it gets good. Amen. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So here's where we're going to take this. Now that he lives, here's what's glorious. Because a living Jesus rose and ascended to heaven. Hello? This happened 40 days after his rising from the dead from the grave he ascended and rose to heaven and who did he release come on brothers and sisters come on the holy spirit 10 days after that said go and wait because now the god the holy spirit has been commissioned to now not just hover around you but to indwell you fill you and write my laws on your heart and in your mind and put my purposes inside of you to where God now dwells inside of us now that he lives. Amen? There's not a dead Jesus living inside of us. There's a living Jesus living inside of us. Amen? And now that he lives, we are alive with him. God the Holy Spirit is released to fill his followers, to fill us, to fill us and dwell in us because he's alive. I, I just, it's beyond even comprehending with our, our, our finite minds because 
a God that can indwell each and every one of us very personally, very personally, right where you're at, is a God like no other. Is a God that is omnipotent, omniscient, and completely in control and in charge of everything. All power, all authority has been given to him now that he lives. Amen? So we believe that he is alive. So that's a, I'm going to ask you that question. Do you really believe that Jesus is alive? So now that he lives and you really believe that he is alive and you professed it with your mouth, there's no more power of sin over your life. There's a calling and a purpose on your life to live as Jesus for the glory of God with your entire body. That means everything, everything, everything. Your hands, your mind, even what you do in private. Even when you're driving down the road. That's Jesus's too. <laughs> last, last, I think that's this is, because this is, uh, I think this is the caveat, the, the cherry. Or what, what do they call it? The icing on the cake. That's what it is. The icing on the cake. I think that's what it is. It's a little better than icing on the cake. Although I really, really resonate with icing on the cake. Because that's my favorite part of the cake. I do not understand and get these people that eat the cake and don't eat the icing. I don't get it. I think there's something mentally off with those people. I'm sorry. I just don't get it. I've seen people do it in my presence, and I'm thinking, ah, they're weird. Yeah. It's probably people I'm related to, so I better be careful. My vegan, vegan doctrine and icing. <laughs> I think I had to do that one day. I'll have to, I'll have to run some stuff by Blake. Food theology. What makes sense and what doesn't? We could have fun with that, huh? Thank you, Jesus, for his grace. I, and I, I'm glad that God's patience is tested and it's positive with me anyway. and Probably the rest of you too, I know that. Now that he lives, we will live with him in eternity. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. Look at this great passage from Paul. Remember, this is Paul as, as he pops this up here. Paul, Paul had an experience. We call it, in fact, it's actually this experience has been dubbed a road to Damascus experience. An aha moment for people, if you will. Because Paul's experience was, you know, as a... Zealot for God. I mean, somebody that really believed that he was commissioned to do God's work. Was feared by Christians and the followers of Jesus because he, he not only persecuted them, 
He had them killed. He hunted Christians, hunted them to have them killed. And on one of his missions, God knocked him off of his horse, literally. And God actually got his attention and said, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? Why do you persecute me? That was an interesting question, don't you think? And Paul's question back was, who are you, Lord? He knew enough to know that he was Lord, but he didn't know who he was. Did you hear what the question was? Why do you persecute me? Right off the bat, God, Jesus, is revealing to Paul the dynamic truths of what Christianity is. It's an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because Paul wasn't, he, 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 did, he wasn't even around when Jesus was there. I mean, he might have been a, a child. But now these Christians, these Jesus followers, he's going after them. He could have argued with that voice and said, I don't persecute you, I persecute the followers of that man, Jesus. But Jesus' question wasn't that. Jesus didn't ask him, why do you persecute my followers? Right? What is he saying there? When you persecute my followers, you persecute me. Why? Because I dwell inside of them. I am inside of them. When you're doing it to them, you're doing it to me. Didn't Jesus say words like that constantly? If you do it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. That's a part of, so, so what, what he's sharing here is this awesome thing that is taking place is he lives inside of us because he's alive. And this life that he lives, now we get to live also with him for eternity. It doesn't end, it, or I should say, it doesn't, I need to say, it doesn't start when we die. Hello? It starts when we say yes. It's called being born again. Yeah, born of spirit, born anew. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven the same way he went up. Because that's what he tells us, that's what Luke tells us in Acts. Come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. Hallelujah. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. (laughs) What a sight that can be. Come on. This is like sci-fi, like beyond, beyond. They can't come up with this stuff in Hollywood. They won't ever be able to. And it's going to blow our minds. And we're going to be glorious with him. 
Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Hallelujah. And this last line is, I think, fantastic. So let us encourage each other with these words. Let us encourage each other. Come on. How do we do that? How do we do that, brothers and sisters? I, sometimes it's the things that we need to say that we don't say because we think that that person already knows. Sometimes it's the thing that we need to say in a situation when somebody's going through it and they're going through it and they're going through it. It could be relational, it could be financial, it could be health. Let us encourage one another that this is just temporary. This is all temporary. Let us encourage each other that we're going to live with Jesus forever. Let us encourage each other that, that we will be glorious with him as he's glorious. And we'll have a renewed body, a renewed mind. I mean, just think about that. And, and, and yeah, we can strive for that now and we can aim for it. To be like that renewed person, to constantly be like that and, be, and allow him to change us and transition us into this renewed form. Having a renewed mind, loving your wife, loving your husband, being light and salt at your workplace, kind and good and gentle and patient and faithful. We can be like that. Hello? Hello? Why is, it, why is it, brothers and sisters, let's encourage one another to be as Jesus called us to be. Why do we settle for stuff that's like just not even close? Let's encourage one another. Let's encourage one another daily. Let's encourage one another that we will be with him for eternity. And yeah, this is hard. This life is hard. I will agree with every single one of you, and you will agree with me that this life is hard. We're tired. We're physically exhausted. We're mentally spun out. The world is chaotic and a mess, and people shoot people, and people shoot children. And you're just like, what the, what is going on? And we have government officials that just don't know their head from a hole in the ground. And they're just like, you're like, what is going on? Let us encourage one another. Hello? Let's not get depressed about how it is. Let's bless one another, love one another. It's mandated by Jesus to wash each other's feet, to bless each other right where we're at. Amen? But now that he lives, I can face tomorrow. Even if today throws a thousand curveballs at me, I can face tomorrow. Because I know that he is alive and inside of me. 
Amen. Bring somebody next week. I won't be as harsh. I don't think I was mean today. I wasn't mean, was I? Okay, good. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace and your kindness. Your patience for us, your goodness that you give to us. And it's, it, it's not that a goodness that you give to us, it's a goodness that you are. And in your goodness, you give, because that's who you are. So much so that you gave your son so that we could have life. And we didn't deserve a single ounce of your forgiveness. Never have and never will, but in Jesus, we can stand before you even when Satan himself is accusing us of being unclean. You take off those filthy rags, those dirty clothes, that I played around in the mud with and you redress me with righteousness in Jesus we thank you thank you that you followed through all the way all the way through all the way through we can't even Imagine the torture that you went through. We, we really can't. <laughs> and we thank you that we don't have to. Because you, Jesus, did it for us. You didn't stay dead, no. No, you didn't stay dead. He rose. Rose to rise so that you can claim us as your own. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given me, you've given everyone in this room a spirit that calls out to you, Abba, Father. And that spirit that causes, calls out to you, Abba, Father, is a spirit that says, Take me in as your son, as your daughter, as your child. Take me in. And we thank you, Jesus, that you've provided a way, provided the way to stand before God, to stand before Almighty God, a God that is holy and just and pure. And solid good with righteousness from you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fill us up and put somebody, and we're, I'm going to ask one more thing, Holy Spirit. Put, put that one person or family on our mind and on our heart that needs to hear the truth of your love in their lives and give us a boldness and a courage and a love to invite them ask them to come join the family come join the fold 
because you are good. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.